Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. Dr. Joe Armstrong here. We got one thing to talk about before we jump into this episode. We are working on a study, a collaboration between the University of Minnesota and the Minnesota Beef Council. What we're trying to do is map the pathways that beef calves take from birth to market in the state of Minnesota. The first part of that is a survey that we need input from producers in the state of Minnesota to give us so that we can figure out where our calves are moving and, and how they're working through the system here in our state. The goal is to use this information to further target research that is relevant to the Minnesota producers. So we need your input. Please, if you see the survey, it's gonna be popping up everywhere. Email, social media, you're gonna see it all the time. Please take time to take that survey. If you don't wanna to have to find the link in social media or an email, just head straight to the survey at z.umn.edu slash beefpathways. Should take you about five to 10 minutes to fill out the survey and it's very, very important to us to be able to help us target our research as we move forward at this project. Head to z.umn.edu slash beefpathways to take the survey. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. The OG3 here with you today, just Brad, Emily, and myself. We're talking bull safety. This came up in the potpourri episode. I said that really stupid. In the potpourri, in the potpourri episode with Mike Cruz. <laughs> Uh, and we talked about bull safety and, and, and really we got a, a big, big opinion from, from Brad Hines on that one. Sorry, Dr. Bradley J. Hines gave his opinion on bulls and, and dairy bulls being on the farm. He was very passionate about it. Very, don't very I, passionate. Don't I always give my opinion? It's Yeah, it's nothing different. You're used to it by now here on the Moose It is based on science. It's all science based. It, it's very true. It's very true. So we're today we, we figured we better follow up on that that conversation and talk about bulls specifically and and trying to be safe around them. Luckily, Emily's here. She's the farm and safety regional educator, not local educator, but regional educator with don't you forget it. Yes, yeah, statewide responsibilities for farm safety. She might not be on the dairy team, but she is definitely. <laughs> But she is definitely. But I'm still on the dairy team in your heart. In our hearts, in our hearts. So <laughs> uh, we're we're gonna just talk about bull safety today and kind of get get through that. Um, there's actually a decent amount to talk about. You know, I I think we should we should probably start with just basic cattle handling. That's that's part of all of this, and and all of that all plays into it. I mean, give us a little overview of of cattle handling. So the basics of cattle handling and, you know, the basic reasons why you do it are, you know, to help keep the cattle safe, to help keep yourself safe. And, you know, you want to reduce injury to animals. You want to reduce damage to equipment and facilities, uh, you know, and, and we need to remember that cattle are, are still a animal of prey. And so they will have that fight or flight response when they feel that they are under some sort of threat. And so the biggest goal always is to not cause that fight or flight response. Absolutely, you know, and, and, and on the veterinary side of that, we're, we're talking about health as well, not just the, the injuries and the things that can happen to cattle at that time and that happen to people at that time, but that stress created by handling has a huge effect on their health long-term or longer term than just in that moment. So that it can affect vaccine efficacy, that can affect 
your outbreaks of disease in the feedlot or anywhere you're going to be handling cattle. So it's very, very important to remember all those basics. And there's all sorts of resources on how to handle cattle correctly. BQA is a huge source of cattle handling knowledge. For dairy producers, UMASH, the Upper Midwest Ag Safety and Health Center, has a really great series of videos on dairy handling. So they have videos on handling in the milking parlor, um, all sorts of great things. So you can find that at umash.umn.edu. And I don't think we're going we're gonna to stall out on, on, on talking about cattle handling in general too much. I think that's, there's a lot of resources out there for, for producers to do that. It's really hard to convey all of that kind of thing on a, on a podcast where you're just hearing us talk. It's very, very uh, important to have visual aids to be able to understand how to move cattle correctly and how to do that safely for everybody. So we're just going to jump into bulls and why we worry about bulls so much. And, and uh, it, it has to do with the things that dangle between their legs. They have those and other cattle do not. Um, you know, bulls are dicks because they have balls. Exactly. So the, the, the biggest thing for me is a mindset. You know, you really, you really want to have the correct mindset around bulls. And it starts with, with never fully trusting a bull to act in a certain way. They can be unpredictable. Um, and, and the risk and the danger for, of that bull, if he decides to do something, is too great to just totally trust him and get complacent. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, that's a mark of, of a lot of people, a lot of people that have had cattle for a long time. You know, you get used to your animals, you feel like you've developed a bond with them. And so you kind of slowly, yes, let your guard down, get complacent. And so that can cause a lot of problems, you know, when you're being complacent and then you don't pay as much attention and you should always be aware of where the bull is in my mind. I mean, even if the bull is in the pen and you're not in the pen with it, still be aware that it's there. What, you know, what corner is it at? What is it doing? Um, I just think that, you know, bulls sometimes are a little bit of a ticking time bomb in my mind. And so you just need to really be vigilant. Yeah. I mean, and I think we, we need to definitely make sure that everyone knows we're not talking about just dairy bulls. You know, we're talking about beef bulls as well. This is all bulls. Um, and yes, dairy bulls tend to be more aggressive and have a few other issues, especially, you know, everyone's got their breeds that uh, they tell you to watch out for. But we're talking all bulls here. You know, all bulls have this potential. Pretty much all bulls are way too big, way too strong to take chances uh, like that. So I think the other thing we need to to point out is that I'm, I don't want anyone to be afraid or terribly scared. You know, that's, that's also the incorrect mindset. Uh, the thing that I try to tell people when I'm, I'm teaching and, and especially when I was teaching and I was working in the auction markets with all these bulls that are at the, at the barn for a reason, usually uh, a lot of those reasons because they're too aggressive. It, you want to be cautious, but not fearful. That's the, the, the big takeaway. Always have an abundance of caution, but you don't, you know, being totally afraid and timid about things is also a great way to get hurt as well. They can sense the fear. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're kind of made totally. to do that. Yeah. I mean, we've already kind of talked about it. You need to be constantly vigilant. You need to be uh, looking out for that bull, knowing where they are at all times. And you need to be very, very aware of your surroundings because you always have to have an out. Uh, you don't want to end up in yes. a spot where you have nowhere to go. You know, it's very obvious in some situations where you don't want to be, 
like inside a pen where there's nowhere to get up uh, or get out of there quickly. But that also applies to pasture. You know, I mean, I always think about guys that have pasture-based dairy and they may or may not be using AI. Uh, and maybe that's where part of Brad's strong opinion on bulls comes from. But you don't want to get caught out in the open pasture with a bull out there either. That is a bad spot to be. Yeah, I usually ask a producer if they have a bull out in their pasture before I tend to venture off into their pasture just because I don't want to get caught out in the middle of the pasture and all the cows run away and there's just me and a bull staring each other down. I just don't trust, I don't trust any bull. doesn't matter right. if people are like, oh, well, he's friendly. He shouldn't hurt. Mm, yeah, well, I don't think so. But especially, you know, they're not used to you and you smell different and, you know, cows have a very powerful sense of smell. So, yeah. you know, it wouldn't take much to get him mad. And they're probably coming after me anyways. They see me out in the pasture and it's like, well, he's the one. That's who we're going to go go after today. Well, and I... He's I, dead. I think, there's, I think there's something to be said for that newness. Like Em said, you know, they're not used to you. And, you know, we joke about it uh, as veterinarians, but those green coveralls seem to just be a, a huge target for, for uh, angry mama cows and bulls to, to come looking for. I've been in some bad situations, especially early in my career, but I wasn't, uh, I was thinking a lot about the medicine and what I needed to do for that cow. And I was uh, not thinking as enough about what I needed to ask before getting into some of these situations. And I, I've been stranded in the pasture with, uh, you know, in that situation, Brad was talking about staring down a bull and it's not a good feeling, not a good feeling at all. And at one time, quick story time here, the, I was out treating grass tetany uh, on a beef farm. So uh, grass tetany being a, a lack of available magnesium from eating too much really lush young grass. So you have to IV a bottle of uh, CMPK to get them some magnesium. So I'm standing over this beef cow who's not all that happy. Um, and then uh, the bull comes over. And I've been out on this farm before and I know that they take uh, a lot of pride in having really docile animals and, and I was very surprised to see him not all that happy, but there's not a whole lot of places I could go. I am in the middle of the pasture. And so I ended up uh, basically curling up uh, with this cow, pretty much with her tied down with a halter, giving her the IV. I curled up kind of right next to her, almost uh, letting this cow spoon with me basically, trying to Ooh. stay away from <laughs> this bull. And he sat there and watched me the whole time. And I had ran that IV, got it done. Um, got my bucket ready to go, kicked the halter off. And then, you know, when you get in that spot, you're really not supposed to run. Okay. Uh, it's just a reason for that bull to chase you. So you try to slowly back away. Um, but I tell you what, when you're, you're full of adrenaline and that bull starts coming for you, uh, you're going to run. There's no way around it. And I ran like crazy threw my bucket at him with everything in it took off for the fence and of course I'm in a pasture and as I'm getting close to the fence it's a single strand hot wire that's the only thing I got so I baseball slide underneath that thing and pop up running and thank thank god that bull respected that fence because I was done if he didn't uh, it was not a good situation to be in and it's not some something you want to get into they're way faster than you they're way stronger than you they're way quicker than you think they are just make sure you take the time 
to look at the situation and evaluate everything ahead of time uh, and do the best you can to avoid getting in that situation in the first place. So let's reinforce the learning gains here. If you were in that situation today, what would you do differently? Well, the first thing, like Brad said, is you always ask where the bull is and, and, and is he out there? And, and, and I tend to, um, as a veterinarian, I ignore all those comments of like Brad was talking about, oh, he's really nice or, uh, you know, he's a, just a giant teddy bear, all those things. I completely throw that out the window. It means nothing to you uh, when you're in a situation like that. You just need to know where he is and you need to ask for help instead of being allowed to be alone in that position. Uh, I know that farmer would have been more than willing to bring the, the quad out and just watch my back for me if I'd asked for it. But I was in a situation where I couldn't get a hold of him, had no cell, cell phone service. It was just a really dumb situation. So knowing to ask if there's a bull out there and being willing to just say you're not comfortable with the situation and ask for help. That's the big key. Love it. Very good. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs way up for that, Dr. Joe. So yeah, and it becomes important on the dairies because we forget that there's still bulls on dairies and there's actually quite a few bulls still on dairies. Um, despite our best efforts to not have that be that way, it just happens. So you need to need to remember to ask. Uh, right. And especially you. on the dairy side too, it's, it's a safety issue for the cows as well as the people. Um, Cause like you said, dairy bulls are typically a little more aggressive, um, you know, and, and they're large, especially you get a big Holstein bull out there and yeah, they, they can injure cows and there's, you know, we can get all into like diseases and stuff like that, but. The big thing on, on bulls and, you know, we've talked about mean bulls and aggressive bulls a lot already today, but um, I would say there's actually more injuries caused by people just being in a bad spot around a bull that doesn't necessarily want to hurt them. Um, they're just so big and so strong. They break stuff. They fight with each other, which is very dangerous for everybody involved that's around it. Uh, they, they break gates and gates come flying at you at a hundred miles an hour. So it, it's about having all that kind of awareness too. You're not looking just for that aggressive bull. Who's going to try to actually kill you. You're looking for all that other stuff that could also hurt you and, and, and potentially kill you just because they're so big and, and they, they break stuff very easily. Yeah. And I like what you said, Joe, about that, you know, it's not always necessarily that their goal is to hurt you. But like I said before, you know, fight or flight response. And so, yeah, some will fight and come after you and be aggressive. But most of them, I would find, you know, they go with more of a flight response. But due to size and other factors, you know, they can knock stuff around and, and still hurt uh, people, even if, you know, that's not their intention. Yeah. And I mean, some of these bulls know how big they are, too. They, they discover that they're massive. And, they, and especially on the beef side, when they've been around a while. They know how big they are and they know they can break things uh, and you have to watch for that. So again, it's, it's about being situationally aware, uh, having the right mindset going into it, rem remembering regardless of how comfortable you feel in a situation, making sure that you're, you're constantly watching and not becoming complacent around these bulls. And then, I mean, for me, it's, there's some other things you can do if you're going to raise bulls yourself. And, and I, I really don't like, bulls that are raised in individual pens um, because they don't necessarily find out where they fit in the whole dynamic of being a cow. 
you know, raised in a, 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 a alone in a pen all the time, they kind of lose their place and everything. And they're, they're more likely to see you as a, a threat or an, a herd member rather than knowing that the other cows are a cow. And we see that same thing with uh, actually uh, llamas, bottle, bottle raised llamas. I don't know if you guys know about this, but bottle raised oh. male llamas are dangerous absolutely dangerous uh they uh, get really aggressive and they do this like really dangerous torpedo launch that they do I, I don't know what else to describe it they run at you full speed they jump in the air and they tuck their front feet in and they just try to smoke you uh, it's really dangerous i mean this it's basically a three 250 to 350 pound animal running at you full speed and just launching at you oh my so gosh. there's your weird fact for today don't bottle raise uh krias so uh yeah don't don't bottle wow. raise male llamas uh lesson learned lesson Thank learned you. the moose room fun facts fun facts in the moose room <laughs> well yeah i think there's lots of other things we can talk about when we talk about bulls so I'm the geneticist, so I'm going to talk about the genetics of the bulls. There's lots of other safety stuff that you, you know, we all got to be mindful of the safety, but I think that sometimes in the dairy world, those bulls can be lower genetic animals. And another thing, you know, I've have your bull tested if you're going to use it, because I've heard lots of stories from all over the U.S. where people buy bulls to breed their cows and then they realize they put it out with 50 heifers or cows and realize, Ooh, I got two pregnant and the bull is not working. So I think there's a few other factors. To well, consider. the bull's working. His equipment is. That's right. Yeah, he might be doing something, but nothing's happening. So yeah. And you know, genetics show that those bulls are probably a little uh, uh, inferior to AI bulls. In the beef world, maybe it's a little bit different, you know, and, and some in the beef world too. It, you got to watch what bulls you pick uh, based on your genetics. Just because it's a bull doesn't mean it's going to have great offspring. So, well, that's, that's a good point. And we, we, I don't know how we skip past the whole genetics topic of even just bull safety with genetics. Selecting for docility uh, never used to be a thing. And we had very mean bulls and high strung cows because of it. Uh, and since we've put an emphasis on selecting for docility, it, it makes a huge difference in a herd, uh, knowing that you're just selecting for cows that are just tend to be calmer uh, and, and less mean. And I, I think that now's the time to get on the soapbox and, and plug in that you need to be getting rid of those mean cows and paying attention to docility score when you're selecting your bulls, because even, you know, the thing that I hear in practice all the time is that you go out to tag this calf and, and usually I hear about it at weaning time or when we're working calves is this calf has no ear tags, still has his testicles. And you're like, why didn't, why didn't this get done? Well, it's because mom is pissed off all the time. Uh, and you, and she's this angry cow and you can't be around her. And it's that cow needs to go. It's not worth having that cow around. I don't know what happened in the last two to three years, but that, that conversation has become much easier to convince the farmer that it's just not worth it. And people are getting rid of those animals a lot and it makes a huge difference. And I think the thing that we overlook too is that that one really uptight cow 
can wind everybody else up. You know, if you take, remove her from the situation, all of a sudden the entire herd is better and calmer and easier to work. So, and I think people are starting to realize that it's good to see that people are just not dealing with that, regardless of the fact that they always say she has a great calf and that's the justification for keeping her. It's still not worth it. Just get her, get her out of there. Right. So if you remember Bradley, when we had our potpourri episode with Michael Zuckerberg's PhD, um, you know, and we were talking about what we think the biggest issue in farm safety is. And do you remember what I said? What was that, Joe? The people. The people. People, I think, are the biggest farm safety issue. They're my biggest farm safety concern. And that applies to bull safety as well. You know, Joe, as you were saying, we need to make sure, like, it falls on the people to be paying attention, to know where the bull is, to understand where do I have an escape route if I need it, all of those things. Um, and yeah, and I think also it's, I'm feeling a little dramatic today. So I'm going to say, I think it is pretty reckless when a farmer tells a vet or somebody else, oh, the bull's really friendly. Like that is a reckless thing to do. You're putting somebody in danger just by having that attitude. And I know that that sounds a little bit harsh, but again, I am dramatic and mean. So that's all I'm going to say about that. That's right. The, the, the Jersey bull out in the pen is not friendly. Is not friendly. I don't care yeah. what you think. It's not. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, don't even say it. Even if you feed him an apple every day, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. And that's, that's a great point. And I, I think it, one of the things that I, I saw in practice a lot, especially at, like I said, at the auction markets when we're, we're working, I mean, we would, we would have bull sales where we would have 200, 250 bulls come in, got it. And they're all coming in as singles uh, for the most part. And you're, they're alone. They're already there for a reason. Like I said, sometimes it's age, sometimes it's size, but sometimes it's because they're mean. Uh, and some of these guys who have been working cattle for 40 years, they know all these rules. They know how to stay safe. Uh, and, and they kind of do some of these things without thinking about it. When you're just starting out, it's really nice to have someone like that. But you also have to make sure that you know when someone's getting too complacent and too comfortable because that's something that can happen with someone who's been around cattle a lot too. So just having someone who is, is constantly looking out for you. And I like working in pairs in situations like that where someone's really always watching your back and helping you out uh, and making sure that you have the right tools around proper gates, quick closing gates, uh, and that you're confident in. And then always having a stick or, or something in your hand that, that helps direct the traffic of the bull and helps him concentrate on where he's supposed to go. Yeah, I, I mean, that it, it's, it's really dangerous in certain situations and weird things happen. You got to be ready for it. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a great point, Joe. I would say pens with bulls and grain bins. Never go in alone. Just thinking one step ahead of and looking at what could happen is always what I'm looking at when I'm coming into a situation, whether it's bulls or not, and you know, looking at cattle and especially looking at when we're working cattle, right? Well, what if someone jumps a gate? Do I have the gate closed that's beyond that? So it isn't a big deal if they do jump something. Uh, for me, it's, it's knowing that that way out is secure and maybe even knowing that there's two, two outs if you need it. I've been in bad spots in that, in that auction market where the only thing that saved me was that I left the gate behind me unlatched and I could get through it in time. Uh, and, and it's because something else failed and you have to have the backup plan ready to go. I think that's a pretty nice, short, sweet episode. This is adorable. 
Potpourri. <laughs> Potpourri. <laughs> I think that's the, that'll probably be why it's at the end, just us saying that over and over. <laughs> the the supercut of potpourri. Yeah. Brad hasn't said it yet. So yeah, Brad, say it. Part of it. Potpourri. No, say it the fancy way. <laughs> potpourri. <laughs> yes. Yes. Amazing. Okay, perfect. All right. Uh, that is going to be a wrap for this episode. There's a ton of resources to look at this. Cattle Handling Basics is definitely where you need to go. Like Emily said, there's the UMASH website on the dairy side. Definitely check out BQA for basic cattle handling. Uh, there's all sorts of resources out there. So thank you for listening. Check out our website, extension.umn.edu. Comments, questions, scathing rebuttals, send them to the Mooseroom at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. Check us out on Facebook at UMN Beef and at UMN Dairy. Throw a like when you get a chance. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Bye. The supercut of potpourri. Potpourri episode in the potpourri in the potpourri episode with Mike Cruz. Potpourri. 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 Potpourri.